Hello and welcome to episode two of the Little Chapters podcast. Jess is here too. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) So this week we're talking about living outside of London. And I say it like that because each of us have got, well, we don't have mixed feelings. We've got kind of different feelings about this. So yeah, I'm going to let Jess tell you a little bit about this one. (laughs) Yay for the countryside. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm really happy that we're doing this episode because I feel like, oh, I'm interested to know if there are people out there who feel the way I used to feel about the whole London thing. And I definitely think when, you know, the whole podcast is centred around living the life you feel like you should, like you want, not what you should, get it the right way around. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like that usually means that you're wanting to do things that are quite, from a work perspective, things that are quite innovative and different and not your regular run-of-the-mill job if you're living outside of London. And I used to feel like I was missing out constantly and that I could never do anything different because I didn't live in London. There are many reasons I didn't start my blog for three years. (laughs) One of them is absolutely, and I think it even features in the first post that I put up there, which was reasons you should start a blog instead of you shouldn't. I said, because you live outside of London. I just thought that everybody would think I was so boring and I wouldn't be able to stand in front of beautiful Victorian Georgian townhouses and take pictures of myself I felt like I felt really excluded from a certain life and I can still feel like that now I feel like with blogging with well photography writing especially god you know it's all happening in London isn't it and it's so easy to feel excluded from it but I do feel like living outside of London can be your superpower I feel like it's what makes you different and that's a good thing that's probably the best thing that you've got going for you because there are a lot of people outside of London that want things that are on offer in London but aren't on offer outside and that's just a whole new space for you to take up and there are so many other perks like if I lived in London I would literally I'd go insane I love to go I've got friends that go and when we went to uni together in Sheffield which is where I was from anyway so I never moved far I'm quite a home bird but I always thought that I would go to London but never ended up going and friends that I went to uni with went and I remember feeling like I'd got left behind Mm. and like I was just constantly missing out and then it would make me question you know all my own fears around well why don't I want to move to a big city like that why am I wanting to live somewhere quiet almost makes you feel like there's something wrong with you but I really don't feel like that's the case anymore I'm very much pro outside of London there's a few interesting things in there and especially in light of last week's episode about expectations is that with the the blog and things like that it was your 
expectations of what a blogger should be and should be posting, um, like with all those photos in Chelsea and that kind of thing. And also, I think that it's always been an expectation that you just moved to London. Like that was definitely, for me, like it was never in doubt. Oh, you just moved to London. Like I will move to London. And especially when I was at university, I was at university in Birmingham and actually all of my friends, more or less, were from London originally. So yeah, it for me, it was like, oh, I'll just, yeah obviously I will move to London. I only looked at jobs in London, all that kind of thing. And then, yeah, never did. (laughs) Why do you think you didn't? Because I couldn't get a job. (laughs) Because you can get one down there. Yeah, if I'd got a job in London, I would have had a completely different life. It was a funny kind of timing. So I left my undergraduate degree, was applying for loads of jobs in London and not getting them. And then I also, during that time got back together with an ex-boyfriend from home and actually another friend of mine said that he thought I was having a breakdown (laughs) because well semi-joking because like in that period I gave up everything that I thought I was going to do because it was too hard to be getting a job so I just was like I'm going back to university I'm doing an MA and I got back together with this ex-boyfriend which subsequently surprisingly didn't work out (laughs) and yeah so I'd gone back to university and then I was working at a pub at home living at my parents and that's when I met Dan and then the London thing kind of went out the window because like we were then a couple and he didn't have any desire to live in London he'd already done that and actually that's when I started to realize that that dream of living in London hadn't been a real genuine one because I actually kind of hated being there Mm. (laughs) and I did have a job in London actually for like three months but I commuted and it was like a two hour each way commute and I couldn't deal with it and then and that also was kind of helpful that I just realized what life would have been like and it it's a lot of going out for after work drinks and I don't really like socializing (laughs) I just love the idea of you working in a pub oh yeah I was I'm great did you like pouring (laughs) the pints and chatting up the punters and yeah yeah Yeah. pouring the pints (laughs) chatting up the punters I was waitressing mostly so generally I'd be like telling everyone what to do like running the restaurant and stuff that's how Dan and I met he was the chef at the pub oh wow I never knew this yeah I was um I was pretty great at that job (laughs) (laughs) was it like a country pub or Mm. what was it like so country was it yeah like really old like maybe 500 years old like you know when they have hot dried hops on the ceiling beams fireplaces mm-hmm, that's what i'm envisaging yeah all that stuff mm, right very in the nice. nowhere yeah mm. i don't know i think there's something there in that you didn't go all in with the working in london thing yeah i think like was there maybe something subconsciously there where you actually knew it wasn't for you Yeah, maybe. I think as well, I would kind of assumed that things would fall in my lap a bit. Like I had a friend, my best friend from university lived there. She had a house and it had always just been this assumed thing that, oh, we were going to move in together and blah, blah, blah. 
But yeah, had I actually wanted to move, like I would have got a job in a pub in London (laughs) rather than kind of waiting for the right thing and rather than just staying at home and waiting. So yeah, that probably is an underlying thing that then became more obvious when I started to think more about what I wanted my life to be like. Mm. I think it's a very alluring place and I think it's so glamorised but I also think it's I think living there the reality is very very different to what we imagine it will be Mm. but I don't really know if I can even say that because I've never lived there but after two you know a weekend there I'm ready to come home Mm. well and like I had that job where I was commuting from Oxfordshire two hours each way, there were people who lived in London who had a similar commute to me. And I think that, yes, it has this kind of grammarised thing, but like I would meet up with friends and we go to a play or we go to an exhibition or something and they'd be like, I never come to, I never come here. (laughs) I never go and see this stuff. And so actually I think, because I lived very close to London, like an hour's train ride outside, I felt for a long time I had the best of both worlds because I could go in and out. I could see the things that I wanted to do. I could go to exhibitions. I could walk the streets if that's what you wanted to do and see <laughs> see everything, but also be able to leave. It was more of a novelty than it was for people who lived there. and mm, Because you just sort of get, get used to it. Oh God, the, the pace of living down there is so fast though. It blows my mind friends that live down there you know their working days are usually longer anyway so and then they've got their commute so they're out of the house for so long every single day and then like you said there's the whole going out for drinks afterwards I wouldn't have any energy left at all I just could never live that kind of a lifestyle it would definitely have seriously negative effects on my mental health I know that for sure Mm. well I'm just not I don't really like people very much no me neither (laughs) I don't being like around people so I used to go into London fairly often both for work and for social reasons and then after moving to Wales obviously I didn't go for like maybe six months or so my first foray back in London was I went to Oxford Street and I really noticed the difference in myself of just being like oh my God, there are so many people here. I was like, you know when you see films and somebody's like been brought back forward from the past and they're like bumping into people and I was like that. I was like, oh, hello, good morning. (laughs) I just completely forgot what it was like. Like it it was, I was like opening my mouth to say hello to people because that's what you do in the country. And I was like, oh no, you don't do that here. No, I've had exactly the same. Um, I mean, I I thought that I was, it was really relaxed when I lived in the city sort of suburbs area of Sheffield. But since moving to a tiny village and then going to London, I felt exactly the same way as you. And the tube, which I hate going on at the best of times, I don't go on unless I've got to, how close people were getting to me. (laughs) And, you know, everyone just bumping up against your suitcase. Oh no, I can't stand it. I just cannot stand it. I need, I definitely need that, um, that space. Yeah, see, I don't think I'm as anti it as you. I don't mind the tube. Really? Yeah, I feel better for knowing that I can leave. I think if that was my everyday existence, yeah, I would struggle. But 
it feels like a nice sort of novelty and to kind of I like people watching and stuff anyway and yeah I, I don't I don't think I have such a an aggressive aversion as you do <laughs> no I feel like London's the worst place to people watch actually for me everyone's just rushing around it's mm. not like Paris where people you know there's space and people are taking it a bit steadier and a bit more nicely dressed but <laughs> you just love France I do yeah <laughs> I can't believe it's taken me this long to come out with something <laughs> about Paris. <laughs> no, but what do you not feel that it's overly and unnecessarily glamorized, especially in our what what should we call our industry? Creative industry? Online? Mm. I don't know, what is it? <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> Let's call it online media. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I'll go with that. So I think that things are generally London centric anyway whatever industry that you work in they are everything is in London that is starting to shift slightly at the time that we're recording Channel 4's just announced that they're moving to Leeds and there are things happening in other places um, like there's conferences in Manchester and stuff like that but generally yes it's pretty London centric and if you are a blogger and you get invited to a press event it's in London Mm -hmm. um and all that sort of thing so I do think it's that and I also think it's well perhaps there's a perception that it's easier to make uh contact with other people in your industry in London so people going out for photo shoots together or being able to meet a PR for a coffee or all that kind of stuff which I think that we, outside of London, see a lot more magnified because we can't see it. Whereas actually, I don't think it happens as much as we all think it does for those who do live in London. I think the one thing that would benefit me was maybe a, I hate this word, networking. Mm -hmm. That might be a little bit better. And you're so right. Whenever I get invited to events, they're always in London. And I always feel really... Like I'm being a bit of pain for not going, but it's such an effort to get down there. It's a whole day. And realistically, you need to stay overnight if it's an evening thing. So I feel like I could definitely go to more of that stuff. But then let's back that up because I don't like going to that sort of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like networking in real life. I'm much better at networking online. And let okay, let's reframe it. Networking. I mean talking to people and yeah. you know, getting to know people who I'm interested in and they're interested in. We have mutual interests. I'm much better at doing that online and I wouldn't want to be doing that all the time down there anyway. I don't think it really happens as much as we think it does. I think you're probably right. I think because we can't have it, we feel like everybody else is constantly meeting up for like Instagram or cocktails and we're missing out. But I just really don't think it happens because everybody else is on Instagram too, talking to each other. And the thing that you Mm. hear over and over again is that people who work in this space want more person-to-person contact people are always asking what events are coming up are there any conferences I wish I could have more like besties that I could talk to like nobody is meeting up (laughs) and whether that's because we're all more comfortable online and I also think that it's a lot more democratized because actually I think I don't really know anybody in London who is doing what we do 
most of the people that I speak to regularly and my clients as well are 90% of them outside of London Mm. because we are so much more connected and actually it's more important that you've got an Instagram account than your postcode. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I have to say, the Peak District seems to be attracting... Oh my God, the Peak District is the hub of the earth. It's like creative (laughs) central. It's all sorts of... Laura Jane Williams has moved here. Lucy Sheridan's moved here. Thinking who else? There's loads and loads of people. But it is, yeah, I guess it's quite centre and it's, it's so you know, it's lovely. You, and can go, you can go, you can be in Manchester, you can be in Yorkshire, you, you can be in Liverpool, you can, I suppose your trains are pretty direct-ish. Yeah, I do feel like although we've moved really countryside and it's it's remote, um, I do still feel nicely connected. And I think that's why you are a bit yeah. more pro-London than me. Because I can mm-hmm. still drive to, not that I do this very often at all, but if I wanted to, a big supermarket and I could be mm-hmm. there in 20 minutes and I could get to quite a nice street where there are lots of nice cafes and mm-hmm. places to go, things like that. Whereas I think it's a, you're much more remote than I am. Mm-hmm. And that, I know, because we both did Laura's course over the summer and that involved doing a lot of reading around like magazines and things like the pool and refinery 29 and all that kind of stuff and that's really where my down with whales attitude (laughs) came from (laughs) where you kind of you read people who are so kind of flippant about getting a deliveroo and I'm like I just want to be able to have food delivered to my house I can't have Deliveroo. I can confirm I that. Ha- I hope that But you can you have better. something. You can have... So- I'm, sometimes I just want to have some food delivered to my house. <laughs> yeah, I can have an Indian delivered and I can... The pub up the road does really nice pizzas, but they won't deliver. You have to walk up to get them. Oh, mm. shocking. Well, and you <laughs> went to an M&S the other day and it's literally like a three-hour round trip for me to go to an M&S. <laughs> yeah. I think the nearest one again is 25 minutes so it's not too bad and because you're driving into the city from the countryside um Sheffield's really great actually in that I'm very pro north well I've (laughs) stayed I've stayed in Sheffield well just outside Sheffield and yeah I thought it was it was lovely well connected very easy to drive around it is it's really well connected there's too many traffic lights but that's not necessarily relevant to this conversation but (laughs) it's i think it was named the greenest city in europe and it's it's because it's very industrial its history is very industrial because of the steel industry but it's surrounded by so much green which makes it really nice and you you basically you can go from pretty rural countryside to city center very very quickly yeah, that was what my experience was that where I was staying on the outskirts, you'd literally just like drop down a hill from where you'd be in the Peak District on top of like a mountain. And then like where I was staying in the suburbs of Sheffield was like five minutes away. Yeah. Did you stay in Hathersage? No, I didn't stay there. I, I can't even remember. It was Sheffield where I was staying. <laughs> I love how you say Sheffield. 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 <laughs> yeah, it was there. It wasn't. I can't remember. <laughs> Yeah. It was in a townhouse for sure, so it was in within the city limits. Yeah. It had a lovely kitchen. Mm, I did. I remember the lovely kitchen. 
Yeah, but don't you think that what I said about it making you different is a good thing? Oh, yeah. So that is that that has been very much part of my USP, I think. Oh, I'd agree. Uh, Because I don't think I've actually said where we moved to. We moved to a town called Dolgatlai, which is in just at the bottom of the Snowdonia National Park. So we are very North Wales. And we're really close to the coast as well. So we're about as west almost as it's possible to get. So in terms of like driving, it can take an hour to get out even of the park that we're in. So yes, but that has been something that people definitely associate with me as being the girl who moved to Snowdonia. And people always like to see when I share or pictures of a walk that we're on or whatever that is people something people really engage with and know me for I think which is also why like I feel a bit maybe trapped by it because it's so now a part of my brand I feel like (laughs) I'm trapped here forever (laughs) where would you move to this is where I've got to I want to be somewhere where I can pop to a place (laughs) So yeah. you like can pop into Sheffield or pop to Chatsworth Farm ha- a shop. And okay. I want to be able to pop somewhere. Yeah. For me, like if I want to go to a supermarket, that's like at least 45 minutes. And that's just a supermarket. If I want to go to like do some shopping or, you know, go and try on a top that I've seen on online, like that is three hours either going to Aberystwyth or Bangor. And that's that's where I've got to, I think, is that... And also where we are, it's more set up for tourism, but not... This sounds so bad. But not, like, tourism in the way that Devon and Cornwall is set up for tourism. It's more, like, a lot of hikers and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of, like, pie and chips all over the place. There's no, like, cute cafes and nice homely pubs it's all kind of a lot a bit more stark than that I guess Mm. and that's what I really miss is just being able to go to a nice cafe and be able to and so where I'm from where I grew up it's about half an hour outside of Oxford so that's kind of what I would replicate is be somewhere where I can be half an hour outside of some sort of hub of civilization. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, that does make me feel isolated that there isn't, like, there's one cafe I can go to. And that, I don't know, that's not, I guess, how I want my life to be long term. Mm. And, yeah, so for, for a long time it was very novel that, oh, I'm going on a long drive to the supermarket, but now it just means that I don't buy food. <laughs> <laughs> You start getting it delivered, haven't you? Uh, well, I've I've got some things delivered. I did try Deliveroo, but it um, it says it's a no go in our area. But I feel like I've had the opposite experience to you because I thought I was going to be incredibly remote out here, and I've been bowled over by how many little cafes there are nice garden centres to go to, how I don't mind the drive into the city centre, which I thought I would really mind. Um, So, yeah, it's interesting that we've had different experiences. I guess it's a lot less binary than what people imagine. People think city or countryside, don't they? And we imagine this one, you know, they're very 
distinct things when that's not actually the case there's a whole spectrum in between I guess and it's finding Mm. which one suits you best yeah I think you've got a happy balance for me where we are I feel it's more remote than I want to be I mean it's it's a, a mountain park so all the roads and stuff have to go around mountains so even if it's not that far you're always driving around mountains to get places and it's all very spread out I mean I live in a town which is one of the one of the biggest towns in the park but you can walk from one side of it to the other in less than three minutes so for me it's the lack of choice and and the remoteness. But you get those beautiful photographs in return. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Just want an MS ready meal. <laughs> but it's interesting to unpick how it's definitely mm. had its perks for you and definitely for your brand. I mean, God, I'm, I, d- I don't want to be a bloody misery about it. Like, obviously, <laughs> it's great that in 20 minutes I can be walking on a beach and be the only person there I'd love a beach that's definitely a huge perk and that I look out of a window and there's a mountain there and Mm -hmm. I can see when there's snow on it and I can see whether that like see the trees all changing so it's not like I'm sat here being miserable the whole time like hating my life (laughs) it's just I guess that being so extremely remote has forced me to consider what I do actually like (laughs) because I think when I first started the blog especially and before we moved like having been that close to London and and been in more of a town suburb environment I wanted to be just all on my own I wanted like a cottage in the middle of nowhere with an orchard and chickens and I wanted that and actually having had something not even that extreme but having had had that experience it's helped me to see that no I still one of the things that I enjoy are going out for nice food and being able to go and see an exhibition if I want to and have a wander down a high street and yeah it's kind of starkly contrasted that for me Mm. so maybe you just need to move to the peak district where you've got good links to London (laughs) Yeah, I do. <laughs> Moving next door to you. <laughs> yeah. But I'm really interested to ask, you don't feel as strongly about the pros of living outside of London as I do. How do you think your life and your business would have been different if you'd moved there, both in a good way and a bad way? Well, I don't think I would have been able to do the business. I think I and more from a fear point of view. Um, And what's interesting is that earlier this year, I did a series of workshops, one in Somerset, one in the Peak District that you came to and one in London. And it was so interesting doing them in those four kind of corners in the country because the differences were so marked. And particularly that the London workshop was 80% people not currently being full-time in the business that they wanted to be in they all had other jobs because they just couldn't afford to and their threshold of what they needed to make from their business to be able to take it full-time was just so much higher than elsewhere in the country and so if 
I was living in London, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to to make the money that I needed to make. And that was a huge part of why we moved here is that even moving from from Newbury outside of London, our living costs were halved. So our rent for a three bedroom house is five hundred pounds a month. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean London prices would be just thousands and thousands, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I would never move actually into London because it is just so prohibitive in that way let alone the lifestyle element of it so yeah it wouldn't have been possible for my business to exist if I'd been there it wouldn't it just wouldn't have been the same business at all would it I think it must be really difficult to find yourself and what you truly want to do in a place that's so loud and noisy you know, so busy, so full of other people. It, it it must be incredibly difficult. I think there's a lot to be said from being outside of that space, even though being outside of it can make us feel like we're missing out sometimes. Like you said, are we really missing out? Is it really all it's cracked up to be? My guess is no. Same as you, actually. And I think it's those expectations, again, that when you are living in a place where there are people everywhere you and you do kind of even if you're imagining their expectations and you go out to a bar and the first question is always what do you do and all that kind Ugh, of thing I hate that question you're living with such a um, heavier weight of expectation than we do living outside living outside of London yeah I think so Definitely. But I think it can be a bit of a, maybe it was a bit of an excuse for me as well, actually. Like, oh, if only I lived in London, then I could get a job doing this. Or then I could take photos of myself in Chelsea or whatever Mm. it was I was thinking about doing. But yeah, is that just an excuse? That's such a good point. Yeah, I think we're really, really good at making up excuses and I imagine for business ideas as well like your where you live now is clearly crying out for some really beautiful picturesque cafes and shops and all the things that you feel like you're missing a good delivery service (laughs) 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 yeah no one's no one's doing those things probably because they think oh no one outside of London wants this yeah but I genuinely think the opposite is true And I just really don't think it's all it's cracked up to be. I think it does things to people as well. I think it it gets people in a weird mindset where, I don't know, it just sometimes feels like London's the centre of the universe. And there's a very distinct mindset down there. I This is what I really begrudge about London. Like, Like I said at the beginning, a lot of my friends from university were all from there anyway. And it's been very difficult to continue those friendships, particularly after I've moved. And it was always me travelling in. Mm. And now that I can't travel in as readily because it's an eight-hour train journey. Oh, that's so long. <laughs> they Those friendships fizzled out because it's like there's this giant magnet in the middle of the Thames and nobody can 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 kind of leave leave <laughs> full stop yeah. and so yeah I have dealt with some resentment around that that it's assumed 
well, why wouldn't you come into London? Yeah, because it's the centre of the universe. Yeah. Well, it's the same for brand events. It's the same for everything that we've just been talking about. Um, it, this actually reminds me of an episode of Sex and the City. Were you a fan? I don't know if you were or not. Yes. I'm guessing not. No. Did you love it? Well, do love it. This might be a topic for another episode, but I think it it's really damaged my perception of female friendship. Oh. Maybe that's something else to talk about another time. Oh, I'm glad you're a fan because it means I can do I can do more and more references to it, which I may do. Um, but do you remember the episode when Miranda met this guy, and he was a friend of the guy that Carrie was going out with, and she said to him about where he was going to go for the summer. And he told her, oh, I've never left Manhattan. I never <laughs> leave Manhattan. And she was so appalled, she had to just break it off there and then. Mm. That's what that reminds me of. I think mm. it's similar with all cities across the world. Not that Sex and City is factual. <laughs> <but> <laughs> it just reminded me of that example. Yeah, I do think people think it's the centre of the universe and it's definitely not true and I think it's great that we're seeing more and more people women in particular building businesses good strong successful businesses outside of London Mm. whilst maintaining a slower more meaningful lifestyle I mean Mm. you spring to mind straight away Jen Carrington springs to mind. Sarah Tasker springs to mind. Like I said, Laura's just moved. She moved from London and she's really enjoying being up here. And then Lucy Sheridan as well. We're just seeing it more and more. I think it's great. And hopefully it will breed more of it. I'd hate to think that there were loads of people that still feel how I used to feel that it was a real barrier and that I couldn't even give anything a go because the North especially is, you know, dirty and horrible and glum and not very beautiful. (laughs) That's what we all think. That's what everyone (laughs) thinks. All of us in the South. (laughs) (laughs) I happen to love the glum and the gloom of it. I think it's beautiful (laughs) and lots of other people do as well, you know. I don't think we can use that as a legitimate excuse any longer and i think it is again this democratizing effect of the internet is that there are like shops and restaurants and things in manchester for example that are hugely successful because people traveled to see them because oh this is so true because they're instagrammable exactly but that's what gives them their edge that's what i mean they they it just there's a whole new depth to a place when it's outside of London for me maybe that's just because I'm a a countryside person and that's what I find more beauty in but I agree people are traveling to places specifically I definitely do that Mm. I do do that (laughs) which ones do you go to so like when I was on my workshops and things I would go to places because I'd seen them on Instagram. Like the Ethicurian, which is near Bristol, which is a restaurant in kind of an old walled garden, restaurants in a greenhouse. Mm -hmm. Like I had planned a workshop in Bristol with the intention of being able to go to the Ethicurian. Yeah, that makes sense. Did you manage to go to um, Coomco? I can never pronounce it because I'm always looking at it on Instagram. 
the plant shop in Sheffield that I know you really oh, like. Oh, Co-Moon Co. Co-Moon no, Co. No, I didn't. I didn't go. But I do like them. I've ordered some prints from them. That's the kind of place. Bristol is also really good. That's a very creative central place at the minute. Yeah, I did my MA in Bristol. Did you? Yeah, but oh. I didn't live there because, again, it was like an hour's train ride from where I lived at my parents. So I lived at my parents and commuted in. But actually, an ex-boyfriend of mine also went to university in Bristol. So it's a city I know well, despite having never lived there. But yeah, like if I was to live in a city, it would be Bristol, hands down. I could see you as a Bristol yeah, dweller. Well, now I'm getting sad. Oh. <laughs> I live in Bristol. <laughs> is there much countryside down there, though? I'm struggling to think whereabouts it is in the country. It's on the way down to Devon, isn't it? Sort of. It's across the Severn Bridge, basically. So you've got Devon countryside? Kind of. It's more Somerset and oh, Dorset. Oh, nice. On nice, Dorset. So you're right, obviously, by the Bristol Channel. So you've got Western Supermare and, and the coastline there. You're just, you're really near the Forest of Dean. That's a great place. Lovely. There you go. We've decided where you need to move to. And then you can go back to your southern roots. Here's the other benefit is that what something that is important to me is having our own house with some land to be like growing veg. And I want to kind of long term have a space where I can hold retreats and stuff for people that isn't possible financially really anywhere but where we are. And so for me, that's a weighing up of priorities. So what I'm thinking at the moment is to just move slightly either more slightly more south or slightly more north so that I'm within touching distance of either Aberystwyth or like Bangor which are you know have have Marks and Spencers <laughs> <laughs> that's my priority so that's kind of what I'm thinking is that actually a priority for me is to be able to have a place of our own that we can develop a business out of and financially that needs to happen in a certain geographic area and it's not like as I said it's not like I hate where we live (laughs) it's still beautiful I just like to be a few miles either way of where we currently are yeah but the idea of that elusive success only happens in London I love how you've busted that myth and it's very clear that to go after that would take you away from what it is that you're really craving which is somewhere with land where you can host your retreats, which, I mean, that's impossible to do in London. Mm. Well, and I think success happens in London if you want to be a banker (laughs) or, you know, if you want to have an inverted commas normal job, if you want to be employed, Mm -hmm. then yes, it's much easier to be able to work for the kind of company that you might want to work for in London. But if you want to be self-employed and have your version of success that way, I think it, it can only happen outside of London, really. I feel like writing's very London-centred, though, for some reason. Yeah, I don't know how they afford to live. Me neither, because <laughs> it's one of the worst paid. Well, they take on other jobs, don't they? Yeah, I guess so. I just feel like... Yeah, I think... Well, and this is because you're only seeing it on social media, so you're mm. only seeing their writerly profiles where they're not talking about the fact that they're doing some consultation work or they're working in a cafe four days a week. Mm. You're only seeing the the side that they want to be promoting. And in which case, that's what that living in London is actually doing, is stopping them from being able to give 
what they really want to do, if that's what mm. they're talking about online, a go because of those high, super high living costs. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can, if you, I'm just going back to writing, but if you want to, you, to write, you can pitch from anywhere in the country. Exactly. There's nothing to stop you. You don't have to be Anywhere in knocking, the world. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to be knocking on newspaper or magazine doors. I really do think that it is a myth and I think it is being busted, but I want more people to... Oh, have you seen the new Instagram account? It's Prime Up North. No. Oh, it's so good. So, so good. They post pictures of northern Instagrammers and lovely places around the north. And it just highlights... Because whenever you... I think of the big Instagram accounts and there's, you know, pretty... I can't remember the name, but, you know, London cities and Mm. the big bloggers are always in and around London and it just takes away from all of that. We'll have to share that in Mm. show notes. I think people really like it. So the conclusion is, (laughs) dress hates London. (laughs) (laughs) If you are listening in London, I don't want you to think that like we hate you because we don't. I don't don't hate hate London. I like going. (laughs) I like going, and there are places that I do like to go. But I do usually find myself in the quieter areas of the city. I just think it's not all it's cracked up to be. And for me, it's about choice and. If you are feeling like you need to move to London or you are in London and you're feeling like you want to move out but like you can't because that's not what's expected, it's about analysing that and, and this is really a kind of permission slip to say it's possible and probably more likely to be able to live how you want to live outside of London and that you can, it's okay to shake that expectation of yourself. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, it wasn't, I, you know, lived in Sheffield, but people thought I was mad for moving out. Like, what do you, <laughs> what do you want to move there for? And to be fair, we, you know, we are like the youngest people in the village. But oh my I, gosh, I we've like had this. That. I like it. It's nice. I love living here. I went to register at the doctor's and I'm like, why are you here? <laughs> I like it, but I'm an old soul. You know, I, I'm with yeah, my same. people now. <laughs> the elderly where I belong I'm genuinely much much happier here so yeah like you said it's a permission slip isn't it it can be done and it is perfectly doable give yourself permission to do it if that's what you want so it's time for another question from the little chapters post box and today's is from Barbara who asked what do you think about the role of mentors and she also kind of added on to the end of that did you have any and how did you find them? I think this is such a good question especially (laughs) around thinking back to when I was wanting to take the leap into blogging in particular and Instagramming and I think mentors are essential. How are you defining mentor? I'm defining the mentor as someone who you have a connection with, mm-hmm. a like-minded person who you can look up to and get advice from. Okay so not necessarily somebody that you pay for? No definitely not, I'd say that was a coach. That's interesting because I think of myself professionally as more of a mentor than a coach yeah you probably are because you 
you're more along the I don't want to say telling people what to it do. It is but literally you're more that. Of the, yeah, and I, I didn't want. To, I didn't want to say no, it. That's it. In a way that makes you sound bossy because you're not. But I don't. I wouldn't say that I'd be looking to pay. I'm thinking more around. Like I think you mentor me. Maybe you just coach me for free. Yeah, that's probably more likely. (laughs) I feel like I definitely had mentors and I feel like I still do. And I found them by reaching out to them. I see. So they were people I am quite good at this. I feel like we put people on pedestals and we feel like they're in a different box to us and we think they wouldn't be interested in me or giving me any advice or even getting to know me and I think you would be incredibly surprised around how helpful people are and how much especially women in our creative space want to help each other out but unless you let them know that you're wanting a bit of help. And I'm not talking about, tell me what to do. I need this, I need this, I need this. What do you think? It's just having someone who you're on their radar and if something's really bothering you or you've got questions around a specific thing or you just need to talk, you can ask them. Mm. I think they were instrumental. Is that the right word? That's the right word. Really important. Is it the right word? It is, yeah. See, I told you I'm I'm losing my (laughs) conversational skills. This is one of the reasons I wanted to do a podcast. (laughs) Because I would have have Googled that then. Yeah, I think they're, they're really, really important. And I think reaching out is key. What do you think? Yeah, that's interesting. Because when I first saw this question, I immediately went to the people that I have paid. So you and I have both worked with Jen Carrington, who is a coach. And so that's where I went to. And I think people that I've bought courses from, so like Sarah Tasker and Laura Jane Williams, that was where I first went with that (laughs) question. Because I don't know, maybe in my head, it feels like that's the proper thing that I've done. But what's interesting is I I consider all three of those a mentor. To me. And yeah, I have paid them all, but I don't think of it that way. Yeah, that's funny. But then there are other people that maybe haven't got a course on offer or anything like that, that I still consider a mentor. Like this can be a bit weird to some, but I consider Elizabeth Gilbert and Cheryl Strayed mentors because I've read their books and I've listened to their podcasts and I can't ask them directly anything. They they definitely wouldn't reply because they're a whole other scale. But I do feel like I can turn to them and they're writing for advice. Oh, see, to me, that's a role model. Yeah, so it depends how you're defining it, I guess. Yeah. I still think of them as mentors. Yeah, well, I think that's the thing. It's what, in terms of this question for Barbara, is what do you want out of this? Do you want, like, Jess kind of considers people to be somebody who you can kind of turn to their work as a way of getting you through or somebody that you can connect with and ask questions with in a very ad hoc way or do you want support well and and I don't think you can say it's just coaching because coaching is on a spectrum Jessica (laughs) well Um, yeah but do you do you want do you want professional 
support for whatever you're doing, somebody to mentor you through in a very systematic way what you're going through? Or is it that you want, as I said, ad hoc, more kind of emotional maybe support? And I think you've got to define that. And then once you know what that is, it's then a case of of finding them. And I think it's easier to, well... I think that using things like podcasts is a really good way to do it because I think if we use Jessica's definition of mentor, for me, Kathleen and Emily on the Being Boss episode would definitely fall into mentors because of the way they make me think about stuff and that they were a presence in the period where I was setting up my business. So a lot of stuff came from that. So I found them, but then also you might be able to find if you wanted to hire a mentor, you might be able to find them on a podcast if you're listening. And it's about kind of tapping into the kind of messages that are appealing to you and that you can kind of get on board with. And I think, yeah, there's so much content out there. It's kind of following the threads to find the gingerbread house at the end, mixing my metaphors there, but... (laughs) Yeah, I definitely agree. Does that make sense to you? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think there's a whole spectrum and I think you need one, at least one person in every step of the way. Mm. I think with regard to mentoring coaching, a lot of people who've made the leap into creative work have had professional coaching and I know that's been very, very helpful to them. Some people haven't had it, haven't needed it. It just depends on where you are. But I also think it can be just as valuable to connect with a like-minded person even at the same stage Mm -hmm. as what you are and again you do that by reaching out yeah sending dms and creating pods if you feel like you connect with someone online definitely connect with them reach out to them dm Mm. don't just don't just like don't just leave empty comments absolutely make that proper one-to-one connection where possible Mm. I hope that helps. Yeah, me too. So if you have a question for us as well, you can email us at thelittlechapters at gmail.com and you can say whether you want to be anonymous or not. And yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. Can't wait. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Little Chapters. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode and found it inspirational and perhaps a little bit galvanising too. If you have a friend who you think would really benefit from this conversation, please do send them the link to the episode. Yeah, we want to reach as many people as possible and hopefully build up a bit of a community around the podcast as well. So if you can think of anyone who might benefit from this episode, please, please share it with them. And if you could leave us a review and a rating in iTunes as well, that will help to boost us and help other people find us. Thank you so much and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.